0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. My name is Angela Loria. I am the founder of the Author Incubator and creator of the Difference Process for Writing a Book That Matters. And this week on Book Journeys Radio, we are lucky to have with us uh, author Judith Pepper. Judith is a speaker and an author. Her book is called The Age of Sage: Extraordinary Advice for Extraordinary Women. Judith, thanks for being with us. Hey Angela, thanks for
0: having me. I'm delighted to be with you today. Excellent. Well, tell
1: us about your book.
0: Oh gosh, my book. Um, it's a it's a culmination of, uh, of of a life. It's a culmination of my life. Um, about well, let's see. On June twenty seven, uh, two thousand and nine, two thousand and Eight, yeah. I was sitting on a private (laughs) yacht. (laughs) Yeah, time flies. I was sitting on a private yacht um, in the Isle of Ibiza, and it hit me um, that I was celebrating my 60th birthday, and I had become a sage, and for a multitude of reasons, many of which uh, have most to do with, Uh, a tremendous amount of uh, fantastic challenges, opportunities, um, good, bad, ups, downs in life. And um, I took that and thought, you know, I've I've tried to write a book in 2003 and it didn't come. And I think this is the time to write a book. And so I sat down at my computer when I came home to Texas. I live in Texas. And just started writing snippets about different things that happen in our in my life and how to help um tell the story to women of how to really really Look inside, determine what they want how what are their desires, what are their hidden desires, what are their obvious desires, and some really great tools and techniques in how to make those happen
1: and so, from the time you got this idea of sitting in a visa until the book was finished, how long did it take you?
0: Oh it took that is uh, it, it took from Let's see. June of 2008. The book was published in May of 2011.
1: It okay. Took,
0: yeah, took three years. Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, tell me how. So you are like many of our listeners who, for a long time, wanted to write a book and and you weren't you weren't able to make it happen. It didn't happen for a while. So what was hmm. different? this time for you?
0: Um, You know, that is a very introspective question uh, because, um, for me anyway, Angela, uh, what happened for me is that I, I just kind of... Felt in or fell into that place of that interconnection, that sacred uh, spot that each one of us have, and really took hold of that and said, "I asked for my guides to help me write," and and it happened. I, you know, there are, that, that sounds real ooey-ooey. I know, it sounds kind of out there. But at the same time, you know, um, I live by metaphysical and spiritual principles. And um, I'm a firm believer that when something is, is when the timing is right, um, you can't stop it from happening. And I don't think I was ready in 2003 to write.
1: I love that. I think that's so powerful. And whether you... You know, whether you believe the medical phys- metaphysical piece of it or not, I think there's definitely a science piece of it, which is when we try and force, I, I think there's probably a physics principle here, is like when we try and force our way into writing a book, uh, you, you meet that resistance. That same amount of resistance comes back. But when the timing is right and the book flows and you're open to it, the projects seem to get finished in a totally different way.
0: Uh, that was certainly my experience. And, you know, I live by a principle that says don't resist the resistance.
1: And, uh. the re- you
0: know, when the resistance is there, I have learned walk away. Just walk away, whether it's writing or uh, men or jobs or uh, moving or whatever. You know, when it just, it, when the flow isn't there, then... Uh, Even when you, I love what you said about trying to force it because we can, I can make things, I can force things to happen, but the results are never, um, Mm -mm. they never feel, they never feel right.
1: Right. Yes, and there's usually a a cost to them that is not what we intended. I (laughs) think certainly, I'm very good at forcing things to happen, and I'm never glad when I do it. It seems like a good idea at the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, before you, before you wrote your book, what do you Mm -hmm. wish that you knew? Because most of our listeners are in the middle of writing a book. They really want to write one. What do you wish you knew before you started?
0: Oh, well, I wish I'd known how long it took. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish I'd known how, how, um, what the process is. And once it's written, you know, I had, I had the book. It took me about six months to write it, um, what the process was in finding a publisher and feeling um, like that publisher was uh, was uh, someone I could trust with the manuscript. and uh, Because one of the things I did before I found the publisher was research self-publishing. And, you know, quite frankly, I I mean, I know there are a lot of people who do that, and maybe they have a lot of time. It just felt too hard for me. It felt like I – it was like another – Area in my life that i was i needed to go to school for um i and you know what i did i even thats i even took a class um a community uh college class at rice university um on self publishing and I sat in there and looked and listened it was a day long and I thought this is too hard I don't want to do this and mm. so i i i did and it is a class on publishing oh yeah I was on self publishing uh-huh how it was on self publishing?
1: Self publishing. And so mm-hmm. so oh no, you've got a finished manuscript and you don't feel like publishing it. So what what did that mean? What what did you decide well, to do? Here's here's
0: what here's what happened. I it's I didn't know it necessarily decide to do anything, but here's what happened. And here's another piece of me that is in the book and um is very um it's it's who I am. I have used a psychic for a number of years, and um, she too, by the way, when I came back from Ibiza, uh, she said, oh, yeah, you're ready to write that book. Um, she called me one day from Miami, and she said, Judith, I'm standing in front of the woman I think is going to publish your book. May I give her your name? And I said, because I trust her, I said, well, sure, give her my name and my phone number and um her name is Joanna Francis and she owns uh Nora Press and Joanna called me and we had a long visit and um she liked the idea she liked what i had uh written about and i sent her a, a little part of the manuscript and she reviewed it and she called me back and she said i would love to publish your book and i said okay so i sent her the manuscript and that's what happened.
1: Wow! And so, what was that? Was that a? Um, did you pay for that service, or was that? How did that work?
0: Oh yeah, I pay, of course. Um, uh, I, the, the The review, you know the, uh, the the review of the. I think I think I sent her. a a couple of narratives uh no but because she wanted to make certain that she was the appropriate publisher because uh joanna does a joanna's publishing is um uh spiritual sacred books um self-improvement books uh many of which are are for and about women and um then when we decided that I would engage her and, and sign a contract with her, she, uh, then I paid her. And um, what Joanna did, what she provided for me, I had also had the book edited. Um, it's been a while ago. Edited by a woman that I found on SheWrites.com,
1: mm-hmm. that
0: website.
1: Mm-hmm. I found
0: Christina Baker Klein. Didn't know her from Adam sent her an email, said, this is who I am, this is what I've done, and would you consider uh, editing my book? And so I engaged Christina, and she edited my book, read it, edited it, and I paid her. So I had the edited manuscript. Joanna took the edited manuscript and... um, did a little a little more editing, but nothing in-depth like Christina did. And then she um, did the layout, um, did all of the, the graphics. Uh, well, I hired someone to do the graphic front cover and back cover. And um, then she found the printer, and what we're doing with the book for printing is print-on-demand. You know, when, mm-hmm. when I need when I need two or three hundred books, I call her and she gets them printed and has them shipped to me. Got it.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, so in the end, you you worked with somebody who had done it before. You were you worked with a you know a professional, and for you that helped get the book out. Now the book came out I think you said in 2011, right? So it's been a couple years.
0: Uh huh. Yes let's that's correct. talk
1: about what promoting the book has been like, and have you worked with people to help with that process
0: boy, that has been hard that's a, that's hard because it's very expensive. I also hired a woman by the name of Lynn Serafin, who, uh who is a best selling author uh as well as uh Guide. She's a, 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 guy, a literary guide, um, marketing guide. Um, she lives in the UK, and I hired Lynn to help me learn how to market. <laughs> and boy, what a process! And Lynn would have marketed for me. Uh, she would have rolled out the book, marketed for me. Uh, her fee is ten thousand dollars for all of that, and. I thought that was a little expensive for a first time, where I'm learning the process, where I really don't have a big house behind me, and so I took everything she taught me. I I I I signed a contract with her, Angela, for um, it was about a six month contract where we skyped every week and talked about Twitter, talked about Facebook. I have a website. Um, that I hired a web designer to put together, and and not only is the book on there, and it's marketed from there and to there, then my speaking is also marketed on there, um, because I one of the things that Christina Baker Klein, the editor, said to me, it, it, behind all of this was the impetus to have a book for uh, to also market myself as a published. Author as a and speaker, okay, mm-hmm. so that has been uh, so so to get back to your question, Lynn helped me learn how to market, and then I've been marketing with my face I have a facebook page, I have my website um i've done gosh, what all have I done to market advertised in uh, the local newspaper I've had several book signings um, I created some really swell um, postcards, mailing postcards, and mailed out, I don't know how many, 1,000, 3,000. I didn't do the 10,000 or the 20,000 because the purpose of this is more to use in my speaking now that um, that, that that's become part of what I do uh, where I sell the book and, and, I, and I use that as marketing me as a speaker, as a published author.
1: And so, so what has, well, let's, let's go here. What has worked the best to sell books, to actually sell actual books? Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about the other, the, uh, what, what's been the most effective way to earn revenue from your book, which may not mm-hmm. be book sales.
0: Exactly, exactly. the most effective way to market has been via the social media and the uh, local um, book signings uh, mm-hmm. social media uh, you know I've really had to work on the social media um, I, I the, the the company that the what, web design company that I hired to um, design my web my facebook page and my website market me I, I hired them to send weekly bi-weekly uh, updates on my Twitter page and on my Facebook page with all kinds of clever icons and graphics etc cetera, etc cetera, that 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 pushes that into the social media audience Um mm. And it's and it's very time consuming, and that's why I hired someone to do it. Um, and the other piece, the, the revenue piece, is when I when I present, I talk about the book, and I have book sales. That's where my revenue comes from. I have my book in several bookstores. Um, I just go in and say my name, so and so, and I'd like to talk to the manager about. Um, having my book in your in your bookstore. And and one of the things I've learned from that, um uh in, in Houston, uh, Texas where I am I'm, I'm, I live 45 miles from Houston, is that local bookstores want local authors. They have special mm. functions for them. Yeah, I mean, and they love it. And um, I've had book signings at the local bookstores uh, because they like to invite local people in, you know. And um, that's not been a big revenue producer, but it's really gotten me out in the public with people.
1: Right. And has that helped with getting um, with getting uh,
0: what do I want to say? Uh, speaking
1: engaged? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, you can tell from just talking with me that you know I'm 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 a chatty Kathy, and um, uh, you know I, I I can I can engage a couple of women um, in a conversation and and and. Ask them some very pointed questions about where they are in their life and what they're looking for, and they, just, you know how we are. I mean, we love it when somebody pays us attention. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. It's my favorite you topic. Know. Me. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and then from there, I've been invited to speak at different organizations in Houston and uh, uh, and points there yonder.
1: And so how, how do you think having a book has helped you get speaking? Like do you have more speaking work or like how has it affected your role as a speaker? Well, when
0: you are a published author, you're an expert, it's just a, it's an automatic. Doesn't matter what your topic is. Doesn't it do, doesn't matter. There is a uh, there's a literary respect that is gained when you when you are a published author, and um, more than anything now uh, people see me as an expert on talking to women about transformational process of uh, from going from ordinary to extraordinary.
1: Hmm. What does that mean I'm, to you, going from ordinary to extraordinary? What when you say you're an expert uh-huh,
0: in that? Uh-huh. Uh huh. What that means to me is going from that mindset of this is so. This is my life. This is always how it's going to be. You know, that's kind of an ordinary. Um, mindset to the extraordinary thought of I can really have what I want and desire. Here are some tools I've learned how to use and then we go about getting it. I mean you know and there's you know what Angela there's nothing wrong with being ordinary and staying there if you're comfortable I just don't think there are very many women who really want ordinary Hmm. I mean and so
1: how has how has having this book. So was, were you passionate about helping women to be extraordinary before you had this, this book? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So how absolutely. has having this book helped you kind of fulfill that, that almost mission? It sounds almost like a mission. It,
0: it is a mission. Absolutely. Uh, well, it's, it's helped in a, in a number of ways. Anytime I talk to a group of women about what I'm doing... What the tools and techniques are that they can use. I I, I, I pull from that book, uh sentences, ideas, notes, etc., and say, use this in your life. Take this and use this in your life. And one, not too long ago. And by the way, just because I have written this book and I have these tools and techniques, not every area in my life is perfect. <laughs> okay. Every area in my life is a bit extraordinary. But there are days that I get up and think, well, crap, I, I can't do this today. And I get my book, Angela, and I read. I'll, I'll open it up. I'll find the chapter on Your own on. book. Wow. Absolutely. And be reminded that when I meditate on something, when I meditate with positive thoughts and action, positive results occur. I have to be reminded by that. I mean, otherwise, yeah. I am not. I am not authentic. If I say, "Oh, here, go use this and go away, and everything will be swell," that has not been my experience. My experience, is I have to practice what I preach.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah and it, 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 I like uh, Mary Williamson talks about being reminded, but to be like given your mind again <laughs> because oh we yes, I use love use it. Our minds. Yeah, she's like we are reminded, <laughs> and that's exactly it is, what we okay. all. Means. Oh, Angela, that's a blog. That's great. That's a good one, right? Yeah, Mary Wilson, yeah. she's amazing. Okay, so let's talk about your process of actually writing. Did you experience writer's block? What was hard about writing? What was easy? Let's, let's yes. talk about that part of the yes. process.
0: Yes, when I first started, when I first started, it was it just flowed, and then oh, I don't know, two or three months into it, I woke up one morning and got in front of my computer and nothing came and that went on for about 18 days
1: mm.
0: and 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 I what I would do when it wouldn't uh, cuz I'm a walker you know, I get up and I uh, and I walk with our walk in the morning, walk in the evening, and I'd walk, and it was cold. I, I was at the time I was living in Amarillo, Texas, which is up in the Texas Panhandle, and it's cold, and the wind blows, and it's ugly. And I would go out and I'd walk, and I'd talk to my higher power, and I'd say, "What the hell is going on here? You know, I feel like I've got this mission. I feel like I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and nothing's coming." And so um, I got, I just kept doing that, you know, and it, nothing would come. And, and I woke up one morning and I thought, I have the Blahs. And I've been walking away from the Blahs. I haven't, I haven't welcomed them in. I haven't said, hello, Blah, come on in today. And when I started, you know, when I started inviting in rather than out what I was feeling, You know, when the resistance is there, don't resist the resistance. When I started inviting it in, the writer's block went away.
1: Wow. Mm hmm That's powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. that one of the techniques that you teach in the book? Uh
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yes, yes. I tell women do not run away. Do not run away. When, When things aren't happening the way you want it to, don't run away invited in say oh hello you're oh so what's your purpose how what is your purpose and you know what i think that purpose was for me is in every area of my life is so that i don't get so damn smart you know Mm -hmm. so i don't get in my own way and so that i can say to women other women you know i've experienced that too here's 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 where i'm vulnerable in this area one two three you know and here's what i did and here's here's what here's how I got through that
1: yeah so that's i think that's a really um interesting interesting point interesting position to be in was there something good about about Writer's Block for you, because I'm sure it didn't feel good at the time.
0: <laughs> no, it was just horrible. Um, but what came from that is that um, anything worth doing uh, sometimes sometimes takes a lot of time. Mm. And uh, just because it's not easy today doesn't mean it won't be easy tomorrow, you know. And you just uh, stuck with that.
1: I did. I did, you
0: know, I just stayed there. I just stayed there, and I just stayed. I just kept thinking, okay, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, and um, and eventually, well, here's what was interesting: is the day that I began to write again. Yeah. I titled the narrative, "I Left the Bed Unmade," hmm. and 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 the reason and where that came from. I was sitting in front of my computer, my, in, in the, the townhome I was living in at the time, my b- big master bedroom and this uh, kind of office nook. And every time I would turn around, I'd look over and I'd notice the bed was unmade. And that's this old broken rule in my head is you can't do anything till the bed's made.
1: Right. And <laughs> got that yeah, one in my ass, okay. too.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so. Uh, and so I likened that to uh, not being able to write. I left the bed and made, it's okay. I couldn't write. It's okay. It's okay. Stop trying to be perfect all the time.
1: Because
0: hmm. when I started writing again, there was a different it, uh I, I, there was a different experience because it wasn't easy to just sit down. It, well, I had taken it for granted. That's it. I'd been taking it for granted. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you, have you, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, the, the, the War of Art. Oh, what is it? Yeah. The, okay. Yes, Stephen Pressfield. He talks about... Um, writer's block and he writes about writer's block and when he had it and how long it went on and and I and I read that book after I I had experienced my own and I thought you know what there everybody who tries to write experiences that they have to they have to, and I think this is what I think. You know, dig dig down really deep into that inner sacred spot. I think that is a, a a spiritual principle that we have to really embrace and say. Letting go of being perfect is a very painful process, but we well, nothing's perfect. Right. Nothing's perfect, and so right. why would my writing be perfect?
1: Right. And, I mean, especially with art, it's, it's, it's never done. I mean, you can no. say it's done at any time, but that's all on you. <laughs> you can exactly. iterate till the cows come home. Exactly. Exactly. So what is, what is the thing that surprised you most about the process of transforming into an author?
0: That I could do it? Mm. that I could actually sit down, write a book, get it published, have it printed, people buy it, people call me, people email me and tell me they like it or they Mm. um, would like to have another one for a friend. I had an email from a woman um, two days ago that said, Judith, I had lunch with Sally and Ruth. These are people that I've known forever, Angela. And I told them about your book and um, I'd like to buy them a book. Wow, it's, I, see, you know what? If I, I I had a desire to be a bestseller on the New York uh, uh, best-selling list, New Yorkers, mm-hmm. and and the, I, that's probably not going to happen. But it feels really good to get these email from people that say, "I I, I, I practiced that technique on um, uh, prosperity, and it worked." Right and and that feels re- that just feels really powerful to me. I had a uh, you know the book is for women and but but every principle in there men can use too, and I had an email from a man that said you know you really ought to call this um, extraordinary advice for extraordinary people rather than women mm. because this applies to men too. Wow.
1: Well, Judith Pepper is the author of The Age of Sage, Extraordinary Advice for Extraordinary Women. But if you're a man, you should pick it up too because it's extraordinary advice for extraordinary people, even if that's not the name. Uh, You can learn more about Judith at judithpepper, P-E-P-P-E-R, Pepper judithpepper.com. Judith, thank you so much for being my guest. Oh, Angela, I'm delighted. I'm
0: so happy to get to know you on the airwaves. Thank you. Excellent.
1: I hope uh, lots of people read your book and learn more about being extraordinary.
0: Me too. And Me too.
1: We will be back next week on Book Journeys Radio where we're changing the world one book at a time.